Welcome to Lose Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is the cost of living. Now, during a pandemic, many lost lives, jobs, standards of living, businesses closed. Our outlook on life changed as we knew it. During this time, more and more people seem to either come together or even aid where aid was needed. When it was deemed safe, people stopped being so helpful and the old way of life returned. But what we fail to realize is that during this time, people were still without jobs, businesses still failed, and our way of life had changed and we could not go back to our old ways. I bring all of this up because you either won or lost during a pandemic. Our society seems like it is now trying to make up for the lost time in terms of revenue, traffic wealth, and whatever we missed out on during the three years the pandemic set in. But now that we are trying to make terms with the post-pandemic world, one of the things I noticed are the spike in goods and services. No longer can we get the good deals that we had during a pandemic. Now everything has increased 10, 50, or even a hundredfold. Take a look at the price of houses or even rent. It is insane the amount that people are asking for and it's beyond sticker shock to my system. In suburbia, all around you see these luxury apartment blocks popping up all over. Studios were 2,500 at 800 square feet, and that is considered a bargain. Who is renting or even buying all of these places? Houses no longer can you find a decent home for under 300,000. A decent home now is around 600,000. But who has the money to put down or even afford the mortgage? It is no wonder that millennials or even Gen Z are turning away from home ownership or even renting when they know they have to have one, two, or even three roommates to afford to move out. Yet there are articles that the younger generation is putting off home ownership, families, marriage, and it is all due to the high cost of living. Who is able to survive these prices that we have today, especially after just coming out of a pandemic when millions of people lost their jobs, loves, or even businesses closed? It's not enough to say salaries are higher than before because they aren't. The cost of living today sucks. Our paychecks for those that are working are not covering bills, and more and more people are living paycheck to paycheck. Has our society morphed into an even bigger division of class? I see this because it makes me think of the saying, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So why is the cost of living so high? Now, the cost of living is the amount of money you need to actually sustain a certain lifestyle in a given place. It depends on various factors, such as housing, food, taxes, healthcare, transportation, and entertainment. The cost of living can vary significantly from one city to another, or even within the same city. 
Some of the reasons why the cost of living can be so bad are there's a high demand and low supply of housing, especially in urban areas, which can drive up the prices of rent and mortgages. Now, if this statement is true, this would mean that there are some people that are purchasing these high volume house, house prices and are even paying these exorbitant rent increases. So I ask, are prices inflating to keep certain people out and bring certain people in? The average person is not going to be able to afford a million dollar 800 square foot condo or an 800 square foot apartment for 3000 a month. High taxes such as income tax, sales tax, property tax, and gas tax can reduce the disposable income of residents. Some people are not even paying income taxes, sales taxes, and don't even have a car. But because if they rent the property, owners have to deal with this. They are passing this on to the renter. And as a landlord, they have that right. But you have to ask, if the property owner is paying such high taxes, such high sales taxes, and or even a high property tax, why even try and create a profit? Then if you are bringing in a profit, again, are you raising the rent to keep certain people out and bring others in? Now, there's also high health care costs, such as premiums, deductibles, co-pays, and prescriptions can affect the affordability and accessibility of medical services. Yes, our healthcare system is high and coverage is non-existent unless you are on welfare. This is where the average person is living paycheck to paycheck. But also if they have to cut costs, many don't or will skip the medical visits altogether just to save money and or even eat or to pay another bill that they feel is more pressing. There's also high transportation costs such as car payments, insurance, maintenance, parking, and public transit fares can increase the expenses of commuting and traveling. For those that don't live near public transportation, you're going to need a car. And unless you have been under a rock, the prices of cars is not only through the roof, but the notes that people have been talking about is insane. People are now paying $1,100 a month for a freaking car note. Some say it is better to take the bus or even the train, but let me tell you, the train is expensive and the bus may add an additional two to three hours to your commute, depending on the circumstances of where you live. Now, there are companies that provide commuter benefits, but they fall short of the average commute for the daily worker. Now, there's also high food costs, such as groceries, restaurants, and delivery service, which can also affect the quality and quantity of food consumption. This is very much evident in that there are less people eating out, and what was once seen as a way to break up the week is now seen as a luxury. I mean, there are people who are saying it is even too expensive to go to fast food restaurants. I mean, really... $19 for a single person to eat at a fast food restaurant? That is insane. People nowadays want bargains and are back to eating ramen noodles or rice or anything that will stretch a dollar. And coupons are rampant now.
There's also high education costs, such as tuition, fees, books, and supplies, can limit the opportunities and choices of students and parents. Now, if the parents or students are even able to afford going to school or can even get a loan, with so much talk on canceling student debt, many lenders are being choosy over who they give loans to, if they even give them out at all. Many colleges or universities are being stingy on how much aid they are giving and scholarships have dipped into how much is given. It is not unusual for students to now have to find aid for at least half of their tuition. There's also high entertainment costs such as movies, concerts, sports, and hobbies can reduce the enjoyment and satisfaction of leisure activities. I don't think these are a priority for people anymore. If you go to a movie, you are easily spending $100. Concerts, sports, forget it. You have to have money in order to enjoy what used to be ordinary pastimes. Now everyone is looking to hold on to as many dollars as possible. So with all of this stated, why doesn't the cost of living reflect positively in our paychecks? The cost of living does not always catch up with your paycheck, which is the amount of money you earn from your work. Your paycheck depends on factors such as your skills, education, experience, occupation, industry, and employer. Your paycheck can also be affected by taxes, deductions, and benefits. Ideally, your paycheck should go should grow faster than the cost of living so that you can have more purchasing power and afford a better quality of life. Now, purchasing power is the amount of goods and services you can buy with a given amount of money. Unfortunately, for most Americans, real wages have barely budged for decades. Real wages are the wages that are adjusted for inflation, meaning that they reflect the actual value of your money in terms of what you can buy with it. Now, according to Pew Research Center, the average hourly wage in the U.S. has about the same purchasing power as it did in 1978. This means that most workers have not seen any significant increase in their living standards over the past 40 years. Now, wage gains have mostly gone to the highest paid workers, while the lowest paid workers have seen little or no improvement in their wages. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the median weekly earnings of the lowest paid 10% of workers rose by only 3% in real terms between 2000 and 2020, while the median weekly earnings of the highest paid 10% of workers rose by 15.7% in real terms over the same period. Now, this means that the gap between the rich and the poor has widened over time, creating more inequality and social problems. Now, there are many reasons why the cost of living has not caught up with the paycheck for most Americans. Some of the main reasons are The decline of labor unions, which have historically bargained for higher wages and better work conditions for workers. And we see this happening now where people are trying to install unions and many companies are actually trying to fight them, which just goes to show that unions work. The rise of globalization and outsourcing, which have increased the competition, 
and reduce the bargaining power of workers in some industries. Now, this is actually kind of weird because we don't want to pay high prices for the cost of goods, but we don't want to get lower wage either. We say that we get mad at outsourcing, but it is cheaper. But then again, we are taking jobs away from our country. And by doing this, we have more output, less workers. If we kept the jobs home, we would have to pay more in terms of salaries, which would then also increase the cost of goods and services. And of course, the companies don't want to pay higher salaries because it costs more in their bottom line profit. The stagnation of productivity growth, which measures how efficiently workers produce goods and services. Productivity growth is a key driver of wage growth, but it has slowed down in recent years. I think the reason productivity has slowed is due to the fact that there are less skilled workers, as well as less productivity due to morale. I mean, there are a lot of people that are now saying, why work here when we can get a job elsewhere, paying more? that respects me more, that has better hours, and the list goes on and on. The mismatch of skills and jobs, which means that many workers do not have the skills or education that are in high demand in the labor market, while many jobs do not offer the wages or benefits that workers expect or need. The erosion of the minimum wage, which sets the lowest legal amount that employers can pay workers, the federal minimum wage has not increased since 2009, and it has lost about 17% of its purchasing power since then due to inflation. Now, even though in some states they are increasing the minimum wage, it is still not enough for people to make a decent living. There was actually a study out that even with the newly increased wages in these states, people are still having to get another job just to make ends meet or again get a roommate or have multiple side hustles. This sounds like a recipe for burnout of a generation. Now these are some of the, the major challenges that workers face in the U.S. economy today. To address these challenges, some possible solutions are strengthening the labor movement and collective bargaining rights which can help workers negotiate for higher wages and better working conditions. Investing in education and training, which can help workers acquire the skills and qualifications that are in high demand in the labor market. Boosting productivity growth, which can help workers produce more goods and services with less resources and time and increase their wages and living standards. Raising the minimum wage, which can help workers earn a decent income in reduced poverty and inequality. Expanding the social safety net, which can help workers cope with the rising cost of living and provide them with essential services, such as health care, child care, and retirement security. It's a small list for a growing problem. Ultimately, though, companies need to realize that there is a difference between the profit margin and the right to live decently. If these aren't addressed, then there will be even more of a wage gap between the rich and the poor, and the cost of living is just going to further divide what we see and have now. There is no reason for people in this day and age to have to have three jobs in order to survive. 
there is no reason why the homeless population has grown to the extent that it has. When will we address what we see as a social and economic issue instead of turning our heads and thinking it does not involve us? It does. Because guess what? The more people that are struggling to make ends meet may qualify for food stamps or Medicaid or child care. And guess what? Those are our tax dollars that are paying for this. So before we turn the other way and think that the cost of living disparity does not affect us, it does. It affects all of us, whether directly or indirectly. Time to open our eyes and see that this is everyone's problem and not something that we can push off because the fallout is actually just around the corner. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to Lou's Lips and until the next time.